Have you ever had a water balloon fight? I think have you ever had a condom balloon fight? Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative Town Podcast, brought to you by us over at adzhorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. All right, hard drinkers, let's drink hard. And sitting next to Jake is the actual most sinister woman to dance on the face of this earth. It's Mark. Hello. Huh. Uh, I'm glad I pivoted at kind of the last minute, because Jake, that's actually how I was going to introduce Mark. Uh, typical. Uh, that or with something that seemed offensive to actually say. So there's a... That's most of this movie. Yeah, so... But yeah. it was on the list, so I'm glad I, I pivoted at the I, last minute. I kind of thought you were going to call me a real mean motor scooter. That was another option. That'd be good. Also on the list. Also, this movie is very quotable. Yeah, I feel it like is. those. that's it. Those are the only quotes from this movie that you could have <laughs> gone with, so... <laughs> well, the one, the one that I had top of my list was another guy who slashes a word in half that didn't feel appropriate to have in the very intro of a podcast so later for those of you unfamiliar with our cracker jack operation we watch and review one horror movie a week and then we get drunk and argue about it this week we watched 1996 from dusk till dawn which was a jake panic mode pick it wasn't panic it was it was a extended panic was, over several days it was you identified it as a panic mode. yeah and then i got i achieved post panic and then i picked it <laughs> i'm not going to pick in a panic in any case, when uh, we'll dive into that movie real soon, and when we do, we're going to spoil the nonsense out of it, so fair warning on that. Uh, if you like what we do and want to support the podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror, A-T-O-Z horror, support the show at your level of choosing, and get some cool Patreon perks based on your level of choice. And even like a dollar a month actually really, really does help, and we really appreciate it. But if you can't swing that right now, no worries. We just appreciate you listening and glad you're here with us. But for now, we've got to do the getting drunk parts on that score. Let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hey, dude. You've set down a bottle of water in front of me. I see no beers. Do you have beers for these fears? If you remember last time, I was sweating profusely immediately. Yeah. So I I had to bring something to, like, replenish all of those I mean, that's why I got the side beer Coors Light. That's for hydration. It has electrolytes. Don't besmirch. Okay, yes, maybe. I think it might be scientifically proven, actually. Yeah. Just as long as you're not besmirching Coors Light. I would never besmirch. Thank you. Uh, No, I have a random, I have a smattering of Mexican, like, Bleh. Mexican style beers okay. this week. Just I see bleh. four beers. There, there are four of them. Wow, there are four of these. Let Jesus. me let me give you a quick run through because I've never had any of these. Wow. The first is a Red Hook beer. Haven't had them in a while. El Sonido Mexican style lager. Haven't had that. Yeah. The second is a Sierra Nevada beer, which this one actually sort of fits. It's Sierra. It's called Sierra Vesa, and it's kind of like their shitty Mexican style beer. This movie is takes place in Mexico, <laughs> quote unquote, but they actually filmed it in California. Next is called Mural. It's it says Agua Fresca Cerveza. It's a New Belgium collab with Primus, which is out of Mexico City. So that one's actually the most Mexican of the bunch. Again, and then not fourth, Mexican though. It's New Mexican. Oh, Mexico, Mexico City? City. I don't know what. Uh, Mexico dumbass. City, New wow. Mexico. Just, okay. Um, it's I love hot this. In here. It's hot in my room. It's I love this. We're off to a good start. I love this. And then fourth and my favorite is a belching beaver beer called Buenos Tiempos, and it has a dead guy playing a guitar, not unlike Tito from Tito and Tarantula featured in this movie. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Mexican style beers. Now, do you have anything beyond this movie takes place in Mexico and these are Mexican beers? Mexican style Well, beers. I think the, the, the whole... 
as you can see with four of these, and this took me about three seconds to gather this many, the whole idea that there are all these different breweries producing this for fun and kind of going with this schlocky style, which is not really, I would say, of the highest quality. <laughs> it, it says something for the style of movie they were trying to make here. This is shoehorning of the highest order. No, this is my intent the okay. whole time. Okay. So let the record show that I tried You this, did try. And Look, the listeners will decide. Yeah, the listeners will. Well, the patrons will decide. The patrons who are listening. Justice will prevail. What do you Pickles got, will prevail. <laughs> I've got a couple of beers going on here. My first is uh, no better than yours, certainly. It's a Mazama Brewing beer. Uh, the brewery being more important than the beer. Tilikum, a pale ale. Mazama uh, being a volcano in Oregon. Mazama being a volcano in Oregon. But yeah. it does have that like Aztec-inspired name. It sounds kind of Aztec-y. And the font on this is very Aztec-looking. So this is so far worse. And this movie uh, takes place in an as in what used to be an Aztec temple. Ish. Ish. So that's sure number that's one. That's not Mayan architecture because of, because I am the reigning expert on where Mexican things are from. But yes, I think uh, historians have decided, Mark. Okay. Um, as long as there's historical consensus. <laughs> yeah. And then my other beer is a rogue brewing beer. This is the Bat Squatch Hazy IPA. Uh, features a giant bat monster. On the front because of what Sex Machine turns into in this movie. And go with me here. I feel like in the way that the Chupacabra might be the inspiration for the Jersey Devil having ridden a train up from Mexico City. A lot of the monsters and vampire demons in this movie probably spawned a lot of our cryptids uh, here. And a lot of our legendary beasts. And actually the demon that Sex Machine turns into is not unlike the Bat Squatch here. There are a lot of bats in this movie and there might actually be just a bat squatch even though it's not a named character i so, guarantee they made something that looked like that yeah so that's just directly from the movie itself sure uh, and then coors light because uh, i just had a side beer because you needed something to hydrate with you needed hydration exactly because of the electrolytes not because of the quality of the beer precisely it has more electrolytes than your average beer. i heard they recently added more electrolytes to it <laughs> you didn't even do the voice i tried that's as high as my voice goes well yeah but you, he didn't he got wispy and yeah, but you can't really do that with a three-syllable word. Yeah, he could have tried. There, see, at least that's a tribe. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Mark! I went in a different direction than you two did. Uh, today, I'm going Whiskey. to start out with, just Whiskey. like this movie does, Two Outlaws by Great Basin Brewery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're out of Nevada. Those are milk well, stouts. we can't drink Outlaw anymore. Yeah, I'm surprised that they're allowed to call their beer outlaw. I think we've had this exact conversation. Probably. On this podcast. Uh, and then those two outlaws are going to head to Hell's Keep Golden Ale, uh, which is from Squatters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <I> sure. Mean, <laughs> okay. Not really hell. I mean, whatever. It's a fucking... It, the, the thing on the front of this is like this gargoyle-looking thing. The point is it's a... It looks like it the is a It is a container of evil and monsters therein. That's sure. where they're going. I got two outlaws going to Hell's Keep. Uh, but more importantly, I have a bottle of whiskey in front of me. And I, got I will not drink alone. beers. <laughs> you insist. I insist. Uh, I got a little bit of bourbon here. Yeah, there you go. I assume that there's always at least one hard liquor bottle within arm's reach of Jack. It's also 90 degree bourbon. No, it's cooler in here today. 88 degree bourbon. I'm sorry, 88 degree bourbon. Let me let me let me be honest with the listener. It is roughly 80 degree bourbon. And what is that in Celsius? I don't fucking know, Mark. <laughs> International 30, listeners care. Uh, okay. 26. I don't know. Somewhere in the high 20s? What is it? That's Do the conversion. Right, yeah. Well, Mark, we're ready now. Okay. 
Cheers, boys. Skull. Now you pound it down. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Slam it back, pound it down. Yep. Good work. We finished that bottle. Yeah, we did, actually. That's the end of that uh, particular Now we got to go beat that oaf. Smash it over yeah, his melon head. Yeah, you got to go fight trucker. <laughs> exactly. But drinking beer and some whiskey isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. And ordinarily, we'd tell you about what else has been rocking our horror worlds. But as this episode drops, Woo! it's going to be pretty close to the first of the month. Uh, that month being July of 2019. Oh, it'll be the first. It'll be literally the first of the month. Yeah. So what better time to bring you uh, the horror release roundup? If you head on over to the website, adchorror.com, with a hyphen, uh, we'll kick you a list of the entirety of movies we are able to find coming out in the horror genre for the month. Uh, give you a link to the trailers and a little blurb about each one of them. But here on the podcast, we're just going to hit you with a top one, a bottom one, and a dark horse pick. Hey, Mark. Yes. How do you feel about kicking things off with your Dark Horse pick? Oh, with my Dark Horse pick. That was the one I was actually a little unsure on because there's a few that are, there's some really stellar picks this month. There's the, your usual kind of ant picks this month. And then there is a pretty big band in the middle. Um, I'm going to go with Lose because I feel like that's the more traditional, uh, that's the more traditional Dark Horse. L-U-Z, Luz, 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 whatever. Yeah. Um, this is the traditional dark horse because it's not immediately clear what the hell is going on. A lady walks into a uh, police station and then there's a man with a bloody hairline. It's a pretty short trailer too. Like it's just like blink and you miss it. Yeah, it's very it's very schizophrenic. Uh, I mean, I think that's what they're going for from the plot synopsis that I was able to find on like IMDb or whatever. It sounds like there's some type of demonic possession it looks like there might be almost like a last shift type vibe to this uh i really liked that movie a lot so i went with that as a quick uh plug for my other one just because i love the movies that are like about evil games that you're forced to play or whatever i i, I really want to see player die that seems really fun well and that's a very that coming. excellent transition into my dark horse pick because i picked player die Hoorah! Uh, this looks kind of like a weird one this is like one of those games you're forced to play but this one also has heavy saw influence too uh, like the isn't, original Saw. But isn't that a game? Like, that's kind of what I was talking about with the game you're forced to play genre. Yeah, but this this one feels less about, at least from the trailer, less about punishing bad people a la Saw and more people electing to play this game that then fucks with you. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's more Just, escape room than Saw. But is this still. the yeah, one exactly. that says that it's like based on a puzzle? Like an actual game? Yes, based, based on, on a literal on the game? Puzzle. Yes, based on the puzzle. I, is, I noted that. Is well. the puzzle called... Player die? That's a stupid name for a puzzle. A I have I'm no assuming it's idea. like one of the escape room games. It's like gotta be, play. right? Yeah. I have no clue. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Good luck. The, <laughs> and the best part is that I'm not gonna report back, and no one's ever gonna know. So <laughs> why am I like talking about It's like based on this? a true story. It's like, there, I don't know, there's a fucking puzzle. There's a puzzle in this movie. I, well, I want to have, have more movies start saying that they're based on fill-in-the-blank that's not true story or true events or something. And, and especially based on a puzzle. Based on... Fast this fast food chain. <laughs> it's based, based on, on a New tree. York Times crossword puzzle from yeah. June first, yeah, yeah. twenty eighteen. I um, if we ever make a movie, can we just have at the very at the very start? Can we just say uh, based on events? Based on a bird I saw in my yard one time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will give an honorable mention for Dark Horse to Ashes, which looks like uh, just kind of a weird haunted house movie, right? Escalating series of things going on, fucking with people in a house. Um, 
it could be very generic, but the, some of the scares look pretty legit. So if the pacing is correct, it that's could your be backup dark horse. That's pick? my backup dark horse. I don't like the precedent that you two have set because I'm not going to do two dark horse picks. That's fine. You don't well, need then to. now is a great time to interrupt you with my third dark horse pick. Fuck. <laughs> uh, real quick, <laughs> I have an update. The name of the book that the movie is based on is Puzzle. It's so not it, based on a puzzle. It's based I on a book the, I titled the, Puzzle. Got it. Okay, so it's just like based on puzzle. It says yeah. based on the bestseller puzzle. Where were we on that one, dipshit? Haven't well look, I assumed it meant it was based on a puzzle that happened to be a bestseller amongst puzzles. I mean, yeah, it yeah, syntactically it works both ways. You've not read this. I, I haven't read it. Insulted. It's gonna get on my list though. Oh god. Before Headful of Ghosts, I'm sure. Yep. He's no, never gonna that's read on it. my list. This asshole. Can I give my Dark Horse, please? Please do. Yes. Cool. I'll please pick give something. both of them. Um, Notably, Mark didn't give his third Dark Horse pick. He. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> What I is it? I didn't have what? one. I was just interjecting to piss Oh, thank off. God. Oh, God. Oh, thank okay. God. <laughs> oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give something different. I have a strong feeling that this is probably going to not end up being good, but eh, whatever. Let's Stranger do it. Dark things. Horse. Rock, paper, scissors, a.k.a. rock, paper, dead. Really? If the trailer <sighs> didn't show something important about where this could go but hinted at it it could get cool if the dude really gets the tables turned on him it could get it could it could potentially go into like a devil's rejects type area near the end sure and that would be nifty yeah however i don't necessarily anticipate it and the trailer didn't have a lot going for it otherwise yeah i'll say this was i'm i'm gonna hold out a little bit of hope okay yeah, it's kind of kind of flipping the script on yeah. the serial killer thing, but yeah, hopefully it does more than that. I well, I, I, it must, or it will be trash. Yes, it will do nothing new and potentially not have any redeeming qualities outside of that. Yeah. However, it's enough for a dark horse, primarily because my actual dark horse was Luth. But <laughs> Mark talked about that. Mark Fair about, so. enough. Let's snake back around, Jake. What is your bottom one? Oh God. Well, Jack, it was ashes. Interesting. Yeah, I, this just seemed... I have no idea what this movie is doing that would be novel. I know you like those bump in the night in a house, potentially haunted things. I don't know. It, this doesn't look exciting. I also don't really understand what the conceit of this is. Sure. And it's not a hard... This movie, look, this movie, it should not be hard to define what this is. No, it's, it's based on be. actual events, though. If it's... So. Oh, thank God. If it struggles <laughs> this hard for me to understand... What's going on? Like, it starts with, the name is Ashes. It starts with some ant having died. Aunt, if you're from somewhere else that's not I say Idaho. Aunt. I, I, like- I, say, I say aunt unless I'm referring to my aunt with insert name here. <laughs> that was a perfect way to say that, Jake. Yeah. yeah. I refer to it as an aunt hill. Yes. <laughs> I, I just don't think this movie is going to have a lot going for it, and I think that it really missed an opportunity the one opportunity in this case for me to get excited about the potential for there to be something remotely novel. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a fair take as well. Um, it, it looks like it could be <laughs> you. real shitty, um, but I uh, I kind of like that stuff a little bit more than you do, and there's a chance it's not that bad. At best, it will be generic. Yes. Which, if you want a generic ghost story, then there you go. But, yeah. I think it could be better than that. It's possible. It won't be. It's certainly possible, but their trailer <laughs> editor is not doing them any favors, if that's true. No. Uh, For my bottom one, I went a different direction. A movie that looks like it could be of higher quality, but I am just not excited about it. Dead Sight is the movie I picked. I'm gonna. I also picked that. I'm just gonna jump on. Oh hell yeah, yeah! This is a very generic looking zombie movie, except that the lead happens to be a blind guy. 
Mm. A blind uh, guy who's also very good at hitting things with like axes and rods and pipes. All and of shit. his other senses are attuned. <laughs> it seems to be a lot like um in the way that uh the Netflix movie The Silence, um Kieran okay. and Shipka was not good at playing a deaf person or wasn't allowed the opportunity to properly play mm. um a, a person a deaf person. This guy mm. is too good at hitting things to be a blind guy. Mm. It just looks bad in that mm. way. Yeah, and I mean, I get why Jake didn't pick it because it is a zombie movie, but it is, it's definitely at, near the bottom of the barrel. It's definitely up there, yeah. Yeah, this Down was my there. top one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get us out of the doldrums here. What do you what do you got your juices going for July? Uh, there are at least three major drops this month. I'm going to go with the one that has already kind of garnered some critical acclaim, which is Midsummer. This is from the uh, folks, Ari Aster, the guy who brought us Hereditary. Um, it is about a cult in Sweden, I think, as far as I can tell. That's, it looks real good. I picked Midsummer as well. <laughs> I, I think it's objectively like the pick of the month. Jake, did you also go Midsummer? I did not. Oh, look at that. I do um, really want to see it, but... Yeah, eh. I mean, this, this is... Word out of the early circuit is that it is incredible and highly disturbing and a good follow-up to Hereditary. So, I mean, if you need anything other than that, then I don't know how to sell this movie to you. Yeah, and the trailer makes the movie feel tonally a lot like Hereditary. Um, yeah, That same absolutely. kind of vibe from it, which is a very good thing. That was an excellent film. Um, I'm just very excited for this movie. I have yes. a weird love for Will Poulter. I don't know why, but uh, I... Th- I think it's entirely based off We're the Millers, um, but you know what? <laughs> Which is a bizarre movie, but a fine movie. Hey, no regrets, man. <laughs> All right, Jake, so what is your top one, then? Uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, that's, that's not a that's movie. I can pick a movie. Notes. I mean, that's the other big drop. That's probably the biggest drop, but it's a Netflix series, and we all know about it, and we've known it's coming. How bad is it that I'm not that excited for season three of Stranger Things? Pretty bad. bad. Well, I it, means, just feel like... it means you are dead inside. Maybe, and I, to be clear, it still looks good, but it also looks like this one's a lot less about an unknown mystery, which is kind of the thing that, like, you know, the third iteration of a lot of things suffer from. I get the feeling this is going to lose a lot when they're just having to, like, alter the what's going on to make it seem like it's still a mystery. Now, um, in, in fairness, I did pick the trailer that apparently is, like, the story trailer. I actually hadn't even seen the one that I picked today. When I put it in the document, uh, the original one that dropped was much more Stranger Things esque. That was just like they're all dressed up as you know whatever '90s things. They're in a bowling alley having whoa, eight, whoa, '80s, '80s. Are they uh, like early? No, okay, fine. No, they're not in the '90s yet. Okay. I, is this the one? I didn't even, frankly, I didn't even watch the one that you put in there because I've seen all of them yeah. at this point. Is this the one where they start to like give away a little bit more? That I, it seems. Yeah, there's like a there's like Billy an evil is going narrator. to be more of a thing. Yes. Yeah. I just don't want them to kill Steve, and I have a strong suspicion that they're going to this this season. Seems possible. Fuck them, man. They should they should go full like uh, they should go they should, full Game of Thrones and just kill everyone. They should kill and then bring half of them back for no reason. Elle's getting really annoying. She is getting really annoying. They should kill her. They should just send her off to do her own TV show. Fan like theory or whatever. Yeah, that definitely was a successful back back <laughs> back pilot. pilot. Kill yeah. everyone except David Harbour. Yeah. frankly, I do want to also mention like the most July is the it, this movie could exist in July or August, except for the fact that it's like higher quality because you have Sam Raimi and Alexandra Aja Aja Aja. Wow, his name attached to it. Crawl. Nice. 
Yeah. Uh, it seems a little too serious for what it's bringing to the table, which threw me off guard a bit. Like, we've seen this one coming. Yeah. But that's what kept it from getting the top one for me, because the other two that we mentioned, everyone knows about. A couple of things kept it from that spot for me, but I'm it interested It just seems too you, serious. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm wondering if that's just an artifact of the trailer editing. I'm maybe. hoping so, because You don't have a- to be... Look, you don't have to be Sharknado, but you also don't have to pretend that this is, like, caviar. Especially I- when it's a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. And this is pure Sam Raimi. Uh, the other thing that upset me about this trailer is there is a very spoiler-tastic scene in it. Are you talking about when the when the initial rescuers show up? No, I'm talking about uh, a confrontation between the alligator and Alexandria Aha. Oh. That I'm, I don't want I don't want to elaborate further. Yeah, no, I'll tell you about it off air, but if you haven't seen the trailer, it might be worth not watching because it is a big spoiler. Okay, well there you go. That's it. Nothing else from you guys. Nothing. No. No other comments on that. Yeah. Real quick question for you, Jack. Yes, sir. <laughs> when you say uh, a an interaction between the alligator and Alexandra Aja, I'm curious how your um how the alligator is interacting with the director of the film. Oh, <laughs> he's thinking about a female person. This is a, I don't. <laughs> Fuck, I Sam Raimi, I, w- I knew where you were going. Sam Raimi produced this. Oh, Alex, you didn't direct Alex it? Aja is the high tension guy. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I high tension know. and mirrors. I like how and... Jack just assumed that it's a female actress. I did. I saw <laughs> Sam Raimi's name, assumed he was the director. It's fair. And, yeah. He doesn't uh, waste his time on that shit anymore, man. Went backwards from He's there. He's just fucking living the life. <laughs> so an interaction between the alligator or crocodile and the female lead. It's well, a crocodile. I'll tell you something. If if the alligator at any point or crocagator interacts with Alex Aja, then that was a huge spoiler, and I'm gonna fucking kick your ass. They break or just worship me as a precognitive god. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean both. Is uh, are we not a- allowed to kick our gods' asses? I'll see it coming and flee. Ooh. Very okay. godlike. You've of you. bested me in this round of logic. Very godlike to flee. <laughs> and with that, it's time to go to the feature presentation. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 1996 from Dusk Till Dawn. Uh, Jake, you panic maneuvered right into this movie. I didn't panic maneuver. Total you, do panic I keep, maneuver. Am I, am I hearing incorrectly, or do you keep calling this movie 1996? 1996 is from Dusk okay. Till Dawn. Both times you've said it, I've just heard 1996... Yeah, from dusk the title of this movie is 1996 colon from dusk till well, dawn. <laughs> well, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Jake, this was a full-on panic maneuver. No. You were sending us a string of, of yes. existential breakdown over admittedly. the course of a day and a half. Admittedly. Saying, I don't know what to pick. I won't let you pick for me. I refuse to pick something else, and I don't like my backup option. Help me. And then you said, I'm just going to go with my favorite movie. Actually, then he said we should just watch Independence Day. Which I was in favor of. So was I. One and then he f- said, no, I was kidding. One of my favorite movies of all time, man. Yeah. So yeah. then you pivoted to your actual favorite movie. Horror movie. Okay. Uh, okay, so yes, I panicked. No, this was not a panic pick. It was post-panic. <laughs> okay. Okay. You got post-panic I- clarity? Yeah, lucidity. It, it just, you, you, you reach out from the ether and you touch faith. Reach out, touch me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I reach I out had to and pick touch something. your precognitive god. <laughs> I had to pick something, Jack. I and I couldn't. I couldn't pick the pick that I wanted to pick. It was a perfect Fourth of July horror movie, and I couldn't do it because for whatever reason, Amazon Prime lost the rights, and that's I think the only place that we had it. So, 
to do you want to say the movie you're talking about now? It's a hard one. You are, you are not alone. Because <laughs> last week on the podcast, you had to think pretty hard. We are still alone. <laughs> uh, so, Jake. You are not here. Would you, you like s- me to, before we get too far to this, would you just like me to read a selection of the messages that we received from Jake? Oh, yes, I, I absolutely would. Yep. No, this is bullshit. Should we just watch Independence Day? Hey, fuck both of you. Oh, oh, God. I have no solution. We're fucked. What solution? Can't. Ain't right. Just ain't right. It was a joke. I want the one I picked. <laughs> and it went on for some time. Yeah, this is over the course of multiple hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nightmare. We're fucked. I have no resource. Help. Halo. Halp. <laughs> it was a well, disaster. It was also a Saturday night, so. Well, that you contributed. Know. Yeah. So, Jake, have you seen this movie before from Dusk Till Dawn? I have. I have seen it before, Jack. Thanks. How many asking. times have you seen this fucking I can. Thing? I was thinking about this, anticipating the question. I have seen it. I almost need both hands and a foot. Okay, so you're in the 14? You. That's like nine, right? No, yeah. I, I don't think I've reached double digits yet. Oh, you don't. Okay. Almost I almost need to start using the foot. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere, in, somewhere near 10. I'm probably at about five viewings. Okay. Uh, Mark, what about you? I think I'm at, like, this is probably my third. Okay. Pretty high. I didn't, I didn't watch this one until, I mean, pretty, not recently. I mean, it was, like, maybe 2012 or something like that. And then I think I saw it once interstitially because Jake mentioned that it was his favorite film and I wanted to revisit it, and then this time. Favorite horror movie. So what's your actual favorite movie, then? You keep specifying. I don't know. I is it My Girl? That. God damn it. It's, it's My not. Girl. Yep. It's not. It's, it's My not. Girl. Yep. Uh, is, did they do a zombie remake of My Girl? Because I think it's that. That would be my favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, my zombie. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like my girl meets I zombie. Yes, precisely. Jake, yeah. I have an important question for you. Yes, sir. How young were you when you saw this movie? Oh boy, I'm I guessing was... too young. No, I think the first time I saw this, I was probably like junior or senior in high school. Okay, that's that's about the right time. If sure. ever, is there know. ever a wrong time? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Six. under the age of 12. <laughs> you is wouldn't have got it. You would not have got the beauty that is this movie. Yeah, you, I, I'm not saying it's too early to see it because you wouldn't understand it. I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jake, 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. You're going to have to answer the 30 second plot synopsis. That clock's going to start when you start. Gecko brothers rob a bank in Wichita, Kansas, and they're on the run towards Mexico where they're going to get some sanctuary from gangsters. They pick up a family and make them take them down to Mexico where they arrive at a bar called the Titty Twister. That's apparently the rendezvous. When they get inside, though, uh, turns out the whole fucking place is vampires and they're out for blood. Almost everyone dies except Clooney and Juliette Lewis's characters. They get out and they go their separate ways at the end. Yeah. Anything about crotch gun you want to work in here? No, not not here. Okay. There's a time and a place, and it's called during what the movie does. Time. Right. Oh. <laughs> yep. All right. Very um, simple plot. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's also when you've seen it a thousand times, and I suspect rehearsed that just to keep up your credentials, your bona fides with regard to this movie. No. Mm, yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable denial. Whatever you want to say. <laughs> Whatever makes you sleep at night, dude. Well, that'll make me sleep. At makes night. you sleep at night. Yeah. And so now we have to get into our award-winning segment of what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, except vampires, because I'm taking that one mine. Bam. Jake. Splatter? Yeah, probably. Probably. Foreign? Yes. 
Damn it, Mark. <laughs> I think my Sierra Vesa says otherwise. <laughs> uh, this is a very independent movie. Oh, man. Sure. Comedy? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a comedy. It is absolutely a comedy. Yeah. There's a lot of dark comedy. Yeah. But it's a comedy. Oh, fine. I'll give it to you. Uh, foot fetish? Totally. Add it to the list. Don't yep, add it to the it. list. Don't add it to the list. <laughs> fetish, <laughs> comma, blank. I mean, honestly, that's kind of it, because the first half of this movie is, we'll get into all this, but it's like more of just like a gritty crime drama. Yeah. It's not gr- com comma. I mean, the first third <laughs> is. Yeah. Well, there's two halves, but one of the halves is only a third. There are religious aspects to this movie, but I wouldn't call it a religious movie by any means. Jesus Christ, no. But it's not, also a- we, def- we really need to clarify what the religious yeah. tag means. It doesn't mean one person is wearing a crucifix one time. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I'm bringing it up here but to Mark, clarify that point. he's a mean-ass motherfucking servant of God. Yeah. Also, he's I'm bringing a- this up to make precisely that clarification, Mark. Okay, well, good. We're in violent agreement, then. <laughs> violent <laughs> agreement. About to get more violent. Um, oh, yeah, really God. nothing else. That's fine. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine. And no, that nailed is it. okay. It's and just those it's seven things. Sure to be our longest segment here. It's rating spoilers, probably. Jake, what does the movie do, right? I got Almost nothing. nothing. Oh, wow. George Clooney is so charismatic. He takes this movie, and he puts it on his shoulders, and then he weighs it down with like everything else that is contained as far as what the universe has ever birthed. Plops it right there on them shoulders and just carries it like a beast without even breaking a sweat. He's such a good protagonist to this movie because he's like detestable in terms of he's a criminal, but he's a relatable criminal because he genuinely like, I don't want to kill you. I just want to get to where I'm trying to go. It's my lunatic brother who's killing people. I'm trying to keep everyone alive. I'm just a bank robber. I'm just a thief. Yeah. But they do it through such good writing oh absolutely like his character is so awesomely written and like tarantino good job like whatever there there are chops here but all across the board it sure wouldn't work if it wasn't fucking Clooney or someone of equal charisma yeah yes we should we should punt on the writing for just a second because that is really good in this movie but it cannot be understated the amount of work that Clooney is able to do with that writing and yes. create a weirdly subtle but powerful character within an absolutely over-the-top script. Like you're saying, he full-on he, he pull, he pull like Darren Sharper's this movie and just puts it on his back. Dog, he put the team on his back. Dog, let's go inside the mind of a Greg Jennings. Oh, wait, no, I fucked this up. It was Greg Jennings. Oh, no, I ruined the whole joke. It's Greg Jennings puts the team on his back. Oh. <laughs> And he's a stone cold badass in the movie too, right? His character too, like just even in the very beginning when he el- like the Fonz style elbows the shelf to catch the roll of toilet paper to light it on fire. He's just a fucking yeah. badass. I mean, or his cool. like one two thing that he does to Cheech at the entrance when Cheech is the bouncer. Yes, the finger. Yeah, the yeah. finger, and then yeah, throws him on the ground. The the other cool thing that you like, I I did not watch, and this should come as no surprise to anyone. I would be surprised if either of you did, but actually, no, I wouldn't. I didn't watch any of him prior to this. Like, this is basically his first role, as far as I'm concerned. I know they found him on ER. Basically, he that Tarantino like directed an episode, right? I think. Whoa, that's wait, yeah. hold on. Tarantino directed an episode of ER. I believe that's true. Yeah, and Holy Clooney shit, was on that, out. and he was like, "Hey, you could be a." good fit after they were like looking for other characters to play Seth there was like Antonio Banderas could have been him like what would this movie have been with anyone else I can't even fathom it uh, yeah it's really hard to pick I don't want to say it would be bad but it would not be the same and it would have been it would have been is. worse insofar as it would have been more over the top 
And I feel like you kind of need the, not really sane because he's a cold-blooded killer, but the like sanity thread that interweaves. He he definitely is a straight man in this. Yeah. And you need that. Sort of. He absolutely is, right? Jacob kind of is too. Kind of, yeah. Because Clooney, I mean, Seth has his own thing. But any in any case, he's the this is basically force. his first. Not, th- yeah. This is ba- it's just definitely let's call it this. It's his first leading role, and you can tell that he is a bona fide world beater. Oh basically. yeah, absolutely. And that's cool to go back and see. And when it happens in a movie like this, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of the characters work really well too, right? Like Quentin Tarantino's character is a snivelly fucking rat he's bastard he's amazing he, well, he embodies that first, character perfectly he makes the first i call him halves i see this movie as being two halves we'll it get is. into that in a yeah. moment he makes the first half of this great because he brings the actual scare factor to it because it is disgusting and gross and despicable and scary and a little bit subtle but you don't want to be around that guy he plays a creep bag pervert really believably yes he does Shockingly. yes he does. <laughs> but what I like is that he's more quiet, too. Like, Tarantino is not someone who you would say is quiet, and I think we have the benefit of, like, having seen his body of work, but it's kind of a departure for him to not... He just takes a back seat to Clooney, and having those two on screen works really well together it because does. of what he does with his character. <laughs> yep. I have the opposite take. Huh. I, I mean, I, I, en- I enjoy... I enjoy them both when they're on screen, but, like, the thing I had written in my notes is that this is... It's such a one-sided interaction with them like tarantino gets blown off the screen the clooney's like performance is is very generous and like is accepting of energy of the person he's acting against right and almost every single scene be it harvey keitel or julia lewis or whoever when he's on screen with tarantino there's no like synergy there it's just tarantino is kind of just like in a box doing like doing his thing specifically and they're not really they're just sort of reading lines I don't I mean, really Clooney's doing his mm, thing but Tarantino's just reading lines at Clooney I don't really agree with that I don't either I think that is a part of his character he's like this super meek in public but repressed bottled up fucking lunatic and I think that comes across at least for me in their interactions so I think this is getting to the point where it's a character that's written that way and I mean that is how the person is behaving but the mismatch in talent is, and I mean, granted, Obvious. you could throw yeah. you could throw Quentin into like any other B list movie and not put him opposite George Clooney, and it'd be fine. Right, but right, right. Just in this case, it's yeah, a, you can tell. You can <laughs> yeah, tell. exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's not one of like the top three actors in this movie, and he's he has to he has to take up so much time because of the character he plays with Clooney that you can tell there's a difference. But therefore, I think it helps that he wrote his character to kind of take that backseat. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think he, he probably only cast himself so he could fucking suck on Selma Hayek's feet. I mean, I can't blame the guy. <laughs> no. But. I don't know. It's still weird. I'd drink whiskey <laughs> off him. Well, sure. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not weird. So, Jake, you talked about the structure earlier, kind of that yes. this movie is two parts. And yes. I think it is to this movie's benefit. That's something I really like about this movie. Yeah, I, it's one of my favorite parts. When yeah. I first saw this, I didn't know anything about it. And I watched the first part thinking I was going to get some sort of Tarantino crime thing. And Which I guess I, I, you can see Rodriguez in there. And to be honest, like the first few times I saw this, I really hadn't seen a lot of what Rodriguez has done. So I didn't know the hallmarks. Sure. You can kind of see it in the first part, but he really 
jumps in and takes the reins during the second half. Yeah, if the, if you told me the first half was directed by Quentin Tarantino, oh, yeah. I wouldn't I would believe you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you still like knowing and more now it makes sense. We're saying half, but it's like 35-40 minutes of the yeah. film. But. Most of the film is the second half. Yeah. But you have yeah. to call it two halves. And I think that this is actually like if you were to put this up they then collaborated again and did Grindhouse. And that is their like official, I guess, love letter to yeah. actual Grindhouse cinema. Yeah. But I think this one is actually a better version of that. Representation of? Representation of sure. that. Yeah. I think so. And, and the other thing about the structure is it is a hard dividing line, right? It's like actually a crime drama. Until yeah. they get to the titty twister. Until they, until you see the lights start flashing on Clooney's face, and then it is a hard turn with Cheech Marin's Chet Pussy character. Chet Pussy. That's the turning point. I mean, because imme- immediately, Chet Pussy, crotch six-shooter, Selba oh. Hayek lap dance vampires. It happens so quickly. Yes. <laughs> even the even the interactions between the two, the two Gecko brothers and the family they're kidnapping changes. They're like, it's super tense and we're going to fucking kill you. And then they get to Mexico. They're like, ah, we're all buddies now. Let's go fucking drink. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I mean, there's still tension yeah. there, obviously, for script purposes. But like the tone changes. Also, the lighting changes. It goes from being disturbingly yellow to being like normally lit. Yeah. Lit and but dark. Yeah, well, right. Just n- normal lighting is what I kind of meant by that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, like, obvious color filter applied to it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I, I like that structure change a lot. I think it benefits the movie quite Yeah, I mean, uh, that's pro- that's not probably. It is a polarizing aspect of this film. Yeah, it's that's the only thing hit- I was going to add. It's, yeah, it's either going to hit you, like, uh, an honest person would probably put this in what the movie does middle, but I'm not. Uh, this is something that hits you very, very right if you're in one side of this camp. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. yeah. I thank Fuck you for the unintended strange. compliment because I did have that in Does Middle. I think in, I enjoy it on balance, but it's like yeah. I could show this movie to my parents and they'd be like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, was, objectively, it's the first half. Objectively, it's middle, but for me, it's what it does right. It'd be weird to watch this movie with your parents. Just going to throw that out there. I've watched this uh, movie with Oh, yeah. Parents. My parents would not like this movie. When did you watch this movie with your parents? Like a few years ago. Okay. Before I went to grad school. Like, but as solidly in adulthood. Oh, yeah. yeah. In between undergrad and grad school. I was in my 20s. It'd be a weird movie for like 17-year-old you to watch with your parents. Yeah, no. Too early. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Still weird. We It'd still be weird. No, it's fine. We watch a lot of horror movies together. It's like kind of a... This, yeah, this one's more sexualized than a lot of horror movies. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, it's just like one scene. I don't think it's that... Se- like, it's kind of... Yeah. The entire transition is sexualized. That's okay. I mean, whatever. They're in a strip club, dude. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Jake, for a guy who hates strip clubs as much as you do, I... I'm struggling to square your love for this movie and, like, it's unironic. I don't have to love finding myself in a strip club to, like, love what this movie does in a strip club setting. That's fair. It fits per. It's a good setting for what happens. I completely agree. There you go. That's. Are you struggling still? A little bit, yeah. That's okay, whatever. That's your problem, (laughs) not mine. (laughs) That is your problem. Oh, my God. Uh, Let's talk about the music. You already mentioned the tarantulas, which are the house band playing. Tito and Tarantula, the blasters. Tito's and the tar- Tito's and the Tarantula. Sure. Okay. Uh, this movie has pretty great music spread throughout, which I feel like is sort of a hallmark of, of it's Tarantino. The best. It's the um, best. Yeah, it is. Particularly the arming up montage, just guitar riffs happening. That's the fucking best. Man. That's you the particularly. Really that. I like beginning it a lot. And, beginning and ending with the blasters. You got Stevie Ray Vaughan in there. You have so much like Texas blues rock going on, really. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, fantastic. It's really that kind of southern inspired blues. Yeah, it's awesome. 
The soundtrack Dengue is gay woman. This the soundtrack is a ten. Yes, I a agree. Hard with that. ten. It does not get better. Also, just the transformation of the house band into uh, vampires that are playing torsos. Yeah, and beyond the licensed music, the score is also really good in yeah. this movie, just in the interstitial scenes. And you don't really have much of it until that second half hits either, and because and then that's kind of for- it needs a little juice while it's going, but you'd be distracted if it was Dark Knight the whole time. Sure. If it was too, like wailing guitar rock that whole time, it would be <laughs> fucked. Yes. You know, like it works with Tito and Tarantula because it's like in the background and they're just kind of like hammering on something, but then you also have score. Right, it's diegetic. So- Yes, thank you. They, they keep cutting back to it, too, just to remind you that it's diegetic. Yep, exactly. I would also like to talk about the cold open, if you guys don't have any more bullet points. <laughs> don't have any more bullet With points. With the Texas Ranger? Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, he's he's the one who's there the least, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the Texas Ranger. Uh, And he does walk, which would make him a walker Texas Ranger. Yikes. Is that right? Did I just do that right? No. Oh, okay. I'll keep trying. <laughs> uh, but you yeah, keep I mean, trying your lifelong quest to shoehorn a Walker Texas Ranger reference into something. Yeah, I should probably watch the show like once, and then I'll probably figure out how to do it. There are some baffling things that happen in that show. It's worth it's worth a viewing. Not sober, mind you. Oh, okay. What do you Noted. want to say about the cold open? I think it's a great way. To- <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great way to introduce the movie. Like this is sort of something that I feel like we get a lot of now, but I don't know how common it was back in the early '90s or late mid '90s. <laughs> the late mid '90s. Yep, <laughs> it was the late mid '90s, man. I know. It's just so weird. It's almost the latest mid '90s you can get. <laughs> It kind of starts with this with this face-to-face dialogue thing that we're used to seeing in other movies like uh, Reservoir Dogs or whatever, and immediately huh. then goes zero to 60 when the two Gecko brothers come out of just like the shelves behind him or whatever, and escalates to the point where within two minutes, someone's on fire and someone's had their head blown off, and someone had their... Also, is having your hand shot one of the most like stereotypical Quentin Tarantino moves possible? <laughs> It happens so much. Well, it's awesome that it happens to him. I mean, come on. <laughs> I I think a couple of good things about that. Well, a lot of good things about that. This movie is also one that's like chock full of Tarantino stuff, right? So Earl McGraw is the ranger, and he his character is also in like other Tarantino films. Like he comes back in Kill Bill. Which is kind of weird because some of the Quentin Tarantino stuff is trying to establish that it's all in the same universe, yeah. but some of it is just like these references to other films that establish that it's probably not in the same universe, right? I think it's cool, though. I, I like it. Yeah. yeah. I uh, think it's cool as well. I would not trust Quentin Tarantino to like weave a connected universe. The, right. I the mean, Tarantino extended universe is fucking nonsense. Kind of the, the like extent of the connections between the universe are like red apple cigarettes. Right? I want to see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have like the big Kahuna burgers in the hotel. Right. And shit. Apart yeah. like product fake product placement is the extent of his world building across <laughs> films. <laughs> I think it's awesome. So clerk in the in the liquor store. Sure. Apparently they were considering Steve Buscemi for that role. His name's Pete, by the way. Thank you very much. Wow. Pete, Pete Bottom. What? Steve Buscemi behind the counter, man. And that would have been distracting. Then they went, they pivoted from Steve Buscemi to a nobody. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. No no denigration of that actor. He, he did, did a do a job. great job, but he's no Pete Buscemi. 
I think I think you're I think you're totally right. It would have been way too distracting to show up with yeah. fucking Steve Buscemi talking directly. <laughs> to the camera. There would be the stakes would have been removed completely. Oh from yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, and it hits like that. That yeah, I agree completely. Like the cold open is great. It builds then, the tension really well until George Clooney cuts through it when the gas station's exploding behind him, and he's just like, "What did we say? We said it's low so good, profile." And they aren't paying attention. Yeah, low so, profile while it's exploding, yeah, it's and so then the blasters cool. come in and they drive yeah. off. Oh god! Every time I see it, it just makes I can have the shittiest fucking day possible, and if I turn that on by the time they're walking out, paying no mind to that explosion, I'm in my happy place happy place it's fantastic happy place it's great it's transporting you're right oh god i do have to point out that pete made a number of tactical errors in the shootout he definitely shouldn't have been set on fire i mean that was his own fault i don't know how much he could have done to avoid that one in particular i mean move there he was had plenty l- of cover he had plenty of cover he could have gone in either direction they the, announced that they were going to shoot the alcohol bottles. What do you think is going to happen? The liquor was everywhere. I'm not sure about that one. I think they needed to set him on fire because without them setting him on fire, he wouldn't have had the lay there in the popcorn while it pops thing. Yeah. And that's also something the movie does right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. It was essential. It was very essential. Uh, the effect, the practical effects are great yeah, in this great. movie. They're great. The vampire creatures are all practical. They look yep. really good. The fire's yep. practical in that scene. It looks good. Yep. Uh, just the effects in this movie. Well, are you have out. Tom Savini notably as part of the cast, but not doing the effects. Yeah, yeah I was curious cool. if he lent in the, lent a hand in the. He effects must have, right? I I actually don't know a lot about this. I I remember looking it up at some point, and I can't remember the name of the effects crew that they brought in to do this, but, like, he definitely was lending some wisdom, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He probably fashioned his own We should sort of clarify, because this is another, this is something I had written down as well, not really in any of the categories, but, like, the effects don't look good, but they they look what they are intended to look like. Like, they're going for the certain amount of campy vampire monster one-time-a-giant-rat thing. Yeah, but it's not a like meant squatch. to be. Yeah, a bat squatch. It's it's a uh, rat squatch. A rat squatch. Yes, it's not meant to be believable, right? You couldn't show this to someone and be like, "Wow, that's really good makeup." Most people would be like, "Ah, eh, that's a B movie," but yeah, that's yeah. that's what the intent was originally. They were going for that like weird sculptor quality type thing that lends to the humor of the movie. Yeah, and I think that the, the, the a good part about that is the first time that you really get much of the practical effects. It's like. I don't remember which character it was, but they're killing. They kill like the first vampire, and his head like melts, and then his eyes get all white, and he explodes, and they're just like projectile <laughs> Shoot pussing. Out. That's like, the one. That's the one that uh, Juliet kills by putting the cross in his mouth. Yes, that's Cheech. yes, that is that's Cheech. that is that's Cheech's. Okay, okay, yeah, that was Cheech's character. But you get that, and then you get like the eyes roll out, and it's like on the pool table, and you get the exaggerated foley, like they're falling in the pockets noises. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- 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 that is what they're going for here. They're going for this. They're going for like Peter Jackson brain dead shit. Totally. And it doesn't have to look A plus, but it needs to look awesome. <laughs> and it does. And look it awesome. looks awesome. Yeah, I like I mean, it. Uh, there's some there's some CG that doesn't, but that's you know that's why it's for the a different that's for a different segment awesome. of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the kills are a lot of fun, too. I mean, that whole montage of arming themselves in the bar and then slaying all the vampires is rad as shit. Should yes. we quickly go through which of the uh, weapons we would choose in this situation? Sure. Uh, among the ones but, that they fashioned? Or sure. any weapon. Cause... Uh, okay, I want the holy water super soaker because I get distance and it's quick. Yeah, I, that's so OP. That's the best one. 
Yeah, and, and I you have get a question. The, the condom grenades. Those would not work. They're meant so that they don't burst. Yeah, but you might have to poke a hole in one first. But then it's then just going to burst immediately. Have you ever had a water balloon take... fight? I think you've ever had a condom kind... balloon fight. It is an all or nothing type of proposition. <laughs> it's not going to just explode, dude. That's the whole point of a condom. It's not going to just explode. Just poke it a little bit, make it burst, and throw it real hard. See what happens. I'm coming <laughs> to town. I'm coming to town in like two weeks. Can we just conduct an experiment? We're going to have a condom balloon fight in my front yeah, yard. We'll as yeah, we'll film 30 year old men. Yeah, we'll, yes, spill we'll, out we'll, we'll film it. Run. And then that'll be some Patreon content. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah there you go, Patreon that. patrons. <laughs> Patons. Patons. <laughs> our Patons. Which is a reference you only understand if you are a Paton. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I think we have to do that now. I think we do. Okay, uh, cool. Mark, I have a question. Yes. I've heard this word used before OP. Overpowered. Overpowered. But then sometimes it doesn't mean overpowered. Sometimes it's used to refer to a person. In oh, original posts poster. On Reddit. Original God poster. Damn it! Why can't? Why is it inconsistent? Jesus. It's not inconsistent. It's an abbreviation of two different <laughs> things. Two words become one. Right. Contextual okay. clues. Jack. Well, at least now I understand both. I think I can figure the rest out temporarily. So okay, so we would both take the holy water. What are you taking? Oh, uh, crotch six shooter. Oh. You- the thing that would never work. I'm not saying it has to be effective, man. I'm just I saying which one am I going to go for? Especially if I've been drinking believe. whiskey at the titty twister for hours. Look, I mean, Sex Machine, when he first unveloped Envel- and unveils <laughs> wow. when he first, when he first envelopes, envelopes. <laughs> when he first envelopes his cock shooter, it's <laughs> it's pretty fabulous. Yeah, I am. I am I've led been, to if, believe by the uh, montage that all you have to do to make bullets effective is carve a cross into them. Yeah, so I put some of those in my crotch six shooter. Yeah, tip. You just want to wear a cod piece. I mean, I do every day of my life. I just want go. an excuse to. Fair. I want a reason so to. So Clooney's is the objectively stupidest, right? Yes. <laughs> it's yes. so slow. Yes. And you're 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 going into a horde situation. Okay, we're getting in. This is not the, Care, for the Would second. you care to describe Clooney's for the listener? Well, he, like, takes a... Fu- I, I mean, it's a gigantic pole that he turns into a stake, and he throws it into... I don't even know. It was, like, a leaf blower or something? Chainsaw? I don't know. Yep. It's so big. Industrial power. It's like a power. jackhammer. Yeah, it's like a jackhammer. And then, so he has this, like... I don't know, f- food service level grade staking <laughs> mechanism. <laughs> it's terrible. What makes like it, it food yeah. service grade? What the... <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I don't know why I just let that slide. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand why it's food service level. Like Sodexo level. Food service level. Jesus Christ. Are you talking about how dangerous an industrial kitchen is? Is I think he's just talking about something that you might see in a slaughterhouse. And for some reason, equated that to food service. Oh, shit, dude. That thing in No Country for Old Men, the thing that they used to kill cattle, that'd be a good one, too. Not an air hammer, but... Close to an air hammer. Yeah. That thing's gnarly. It's effectively the same mechanism as an air hammer, just with less restraints. Jack, you, think- p- you picked the cod piece gun. Could you just real quick explain to me how he fires it? I want to know what the trigger mechanism is. His dick. I'm thinking it might be in his urethra or butthole, and he just flexes down there. He does some kegels. Oh, it's like a kegel. I like he that. He kegels like a motherfucker. Yeah, and just and that triggers it. <laughs> okay. Sex machine. I'm totally cool with that. That's yeah. my best guess. After going frame by frame for hours, that's my best guess. Because he, he just winces slightly every time just the gun goes slightly, off. Just slightly. Just wouldn't want to look. He's pretty good at kegels. He's fucking Sex Machine. His character's yeah. name is Sex Machine. Yeah, who wouldn't want to look at Savini? Do you think the gun ever goes off way in advance of him intending it to go off? Well, I'd hope not too far in advance because step one is to extend it so it's not aimed directly at his face. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and sir, how he's, did you sustain these injuries? He, <laughs> he's got to get it from six to midnight first, or from midnight to six, or whatever. Maybe that engages the trigger mechanism. Yeah, wh- why does he, he, yeah, what's happening? Why is it's it already all, at midnight? It's, all very it's, unclear. it's resting in midnight. This was going to come up in nitpick station, but since we're talking about it, it's also, I wouldn't be threatened by that. If I had a knife to his throat and he pointed his dick nowhere near me and there happened to be a gun attached, I would be like, Cool, there's still a knife to your neck, and you can't turn towards me. <laughs> I don't Just know, take man. Take your beer back. Anyone who has a dick gun, I'm that's probably true. not going to fuck that's with. That's true. That's you just show weird. me that. Yeah. <laughs> You've clearly committed to something here, sir. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. You have won this beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else did we do right, boys? Oh, God, Jake has spilled so many beers out of the A to Z Horror official mini fridge. Oh! Mm. So we got to move this along, so I'll add just one more. In the first half of the movie, one of the things that I think is interesting and that adds to how that part is definitively the one that feels more horror in a certain way. I mean, it's the more tense of the two, at least. So I guess not horror, but it makes you more uncomfortable. Let's say that. Let's leave it at that. How about that? Okay. There are some interesting shots that are used to the movie's benefit, and this is mostly in relation to Tarantino's character in the hostage. When they yeah, the are way, you talking about when, when Seth finds the original hostage? I'm talking initially about the way they framed when Tarantino goes into the bedroom part of the hotel room and to watch it's TV. framed it's framed in such a way it's totally static and you see it from both sides of the doorway and it the way they have framed it makes the doorway feel abnormally small and everything around it feel abnormally large. And it just sits there stationary and it is uncomfortable. It's a good call. Yeah. And then secondary to that is when Clooney comes back in and you have just like the split second and you know, they're like a couple frames of her dead body where he's like kind of trying to like blink it off. You see his reaction to the horror but then you get the like. Quick they, they're hitters. increasing too. There's about six of them. And yeah, they like get longer one frame, each time. Two frame, three frames. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I mean, it's kind of gimmicky, but it's cool. Yeah. So I I liked both of those, and I think that those were probably the two standouts in that first half, and they happened within like five minutes of each other. Sure. So. No, absolutely. Yeah. Is this uh, the perfect use of Danny Trejo? No. Okay. It's close. Yeah, it's Elaborate. Close. It's close. What's better? Machete. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the platonic ideal of Danny Trejo. So I said it's close. Uh, yeah. Okay. Definitively yeah. no, but close. <laughs> spy I mean, Kids. 90. <laughs> he, he plays Machete in Spy Kids. Machete is a Spy Kids spinoff. Yes. Machete. Correct. I I would say that this is in so far as this is actually like a serious role, uh, pseudo serious role. I don't Jesus. know what I'm saying. Never mind. Lowly I have dog. No way of weighing it on <laughs> His acting is top notch. <laughs> as always. A true consummate professional. He is that. <laughs> Dead air? <laughs> I, mean, I, have, well, I finished my thought already. I, I thought you I had something the movie again. does right. I don't know what you're supposed to... For a guy that was discovered on the set for being like a boxing coach or other athletic coach after having first been a craft service guy, like go Gopher, yeah. he's a fucking professional. He's been in a thousand movies and... Does what he's told and does it well. Ain't nothing wrong with Danny Trejo. I'm not saying he's a great he, actor. He's a good man. He is jarringly young in this movie. It's weird. It's distressing. 
<laughs> I mean, everyone kind of is, but he's aged he, way more. Yeah, it's, but, well, it's just because Danny Trejo now looks like he's a thousand years of prison beatings old. <laughs> and in this, he doesn't look like he that. He still looks sprightly. And the difference is distressing. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino are two people who have weirdly not aged at all. Ah, uh, Clooney's aged. He's but he's aged in a good way. He's oh, aged yeah. in the way Clooney's that like so he's got that. He's aged in, in a yeah. way that he's become more sexy, which is very frustrating to us average <laughs> Joes. George Clooney is like top men, though, dude. Top top men. men. So it's fine. I'm fine with it. They have, they have to exist. You have to have that North Star. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, someone's got to make us tequila. Okay, let's move to what the movie does middle. And or, look, let's get this out of the way. This is a problematic movie on several levels. Is that middle? Why is hold? Why are you putting that in middle? Uh, simply because <laughs> I don't. It's it's problematic in ways that don't need to be boycotted or anything like that. But it's and the movie's still good. But just looking back on this, um, if you don't account for the period in which this movie came out, it's very problematic. So I could see. I understand why you're putting it here. I could see putting it in wrong, but then just saying, but it's this type of movie. Like, it's right. a fucking exploitation that's, that's what film. I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. going to do this. That's why I put it in the middle, because, like, <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's a... I, I want to say that and then justify it or explain Sure, it. or you could say this is what it's... Okay, fine. Fine. Either so, placement is fine. So Thanks. rattle off your list of grievances. Look, th- this is a movie with literally no female characters. There's the one underaged girl who gets... He- I mean, literally none, but she's not an actual character. She's just a victim. Um, and who? What? There, there's there's the young girl hostage, none. and then Selma Hayek are the two actual female characters. You're talking about Juliette Lewis. Yes, and She's Selma like Hayek. a lead. She's the final girl. She has no character <laughs> besides victim. She's still a character. But I, I look. I get what you're saying. It's just not literally. You yeah, they don't do it. They don't do a lot with her. Right, right, right. At all. Look, let's say this movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Okay, sure, that's fine. And then by a long shot, holy right. cow. Then also, Salma Hayek, we should have put in what the movie does right. Yeah, there. we absolutely should have, because as exploitative as that is, holy she shit. She apparently was terrified of snakes, so she took like months of phobia training to do the dance. It's like, why are God you this committed? Damn, to this movie, she's a fucking professional. Yeah. Selma Hayek is just the best. And then especially with a lot of the stuff that's come out about Quentin Tarantino that's on display in this movie, that's problematic as well. Um, <laughs> but but it's still kind of humorous, dude. It is still kind of humorous, yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah, it's yeah. hugely problematic. It's kind of yeah. like Louis C.K. made a whole bunch of jokes about hypothetically masturbating in front of people against their consent. Yeah, hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. Sure. And then <laughs> Tarantino's hypothetically a creep. Yeah, hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> Hypothetically, but, but also literally. We we don't need to dwell on it, but it's it's a problematic sure. movie I, in those ways. It doesn't ruin the entire movie, but it's uh, it doesn't ruin the movie at all. There's Fuck. also Frost's character in general, just the whole conceptualization of him. <laughs> I was in Nam, <laughs> yeah, and somehow I'm good at kung fu and can pull people's hearts out. Oh, his character yeah. is absurd, and even Clooney's character uses racial slurs. Like, oh, he uses several of them. He's supposed to be a bad guy, but you're also supposed to like him and identify with him. So. Sure, I mean, I mean, he's going to be flawed. Yeah. If that's the worst thing that he does, then it arguably isn't. It isn't. However, <laughs> however, I mean, he straight up murders a bunch of people, so that's probably the the one. <laughs> Who does he murder? He pulls oh. out his gun and shoots a bunch of people. Yeah, he shoots a lot of people. Who does he? Murder? He also sets Pete on fire. That I'll give you that. Uh, okay. So the only other people you see him murder are vampires. Yeah. 
sure. It's I mean, not even but homicide. He, no, that's he doesn't know they're vampires when he murders the that first trio. Okay, so or now we're getting into the legal maybe corner. This is a neat I don't want the legal corner yet. <laughs> he doesn't believe he doesn't believe in vampires. So why would he but think what, they were vampires? But he believes in his own eyes, and what he sees is fucking vampires. He hadn't seen them as vampires yet. They were yeah. still just humans. And what he saw was fucking humans. <laughs> so it's a tempted homicide at best. Yes, at best. At worst. <laughs> well, and setting Pete on fire. Yeah. PD. Also, Pete! also attempted murder, possibly aggravated assault. I mean, definitely aggravated. I assault. mean, he died. He did. He, yes. he dead. But look, there's too many gunshots in there. No coroner could conclusively prove whether it was Quentin Tarantino or George Clooney who pulled the trigger Can that killed him. Can it be both? I don't actually know if Texas has the felony murder rule. Oh I'm God! See, immediately yes. you start saying things that I don't care about. Okay. Okay. Cool. What I else do we do? Middle. We already talked about the two main things that I had in here, which is the jarring transition from. The first third is the second two thirds, and uh, the yellowness. The only other thing I had written down here was that the news report, like exposition delivery, is a little over the top. It's Whoa, just her out smile, where her smile too. Yeah, it's like it's ju- it's it's dancing with the fourth wall of like yeah, or the uncanny valley of newscasts. It's not really the uncanny valley because it is an actual human, but like. It's so close to a real broadcast, but also definitely not a real broadcast that I found it jarring. So, Mark, this didn't bother me as much, but I think because the movie Elsewhere does wink at that fourth wall. Like, oh, uh, yeah. the, well, the announcer mean, of the titty twister looks directly at the camera at the when he's camera. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. then go I mean, fuck it! Yeah, but that hadn't <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> fuck it! At the point of the movie where this is still just like a, a crime drama, crime drama and yeah. you get that. It's it's going for over-the-top pulpy crime oh, drama. It's that's fair. So yeah, good. So that's fair. Okay, so something else the movie does in the middle that Jack just brought up. Cheech Marin in three roles is kind of too what many. The it's pushing it. Does it's right. kind of too many. It's what the movie does right. I will not hear it. This is bullshit. What don't you like about that? I think that's hilarious. Did you mention it, what the movie does right, and I just didn't listen to you? No, but I should have. Oh. You should have. Uh, it is something lot- that I find incredibly endearing about this movie. It's so. a lot of roles for Cheech. It's a lot. Mark really loves the Chet Pussy role. <laughs> I actually really like the Border pussy Patrol than this. Guard role. Go fuck it. Oh, apple pie pussy. <laughs> you want know, to talk about problematic shit? It's usually problematic. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I was going to introduce Mark with the line of uh, someone else who wants to slash pussy in half. Why is he even talking about pussy? This isn't a brothel. I know. Did. It's not a brothel. I, I have, I'm con- that's why. I mean, it middle. probably is. No. It probably is. It probably isn't. I don't think at any time this is a brothel. Clearly, they're vampires. They're not going to do that part. They never get that far. They have it can be rooms. advertised yeah. as a under-the-radar brothel, wherein the truckers go into the back rooms and then don't come back out. So there's three levels here. It's a strip yes. club that has the back rooms that's really it's a front for a brothel, but really the brothel is the vampire. That's yeah, got to be a believable front, Jake. <laughs> It's got to be like shit. Neat pick. Yeah, fan theory. Fan theory. Wow. Great world building. Uh, well, when yes. you when you zoom out from the from the club at the end and you see the back and it's the it's the Aztec slash Mayan tomb. I love that. Each of I those individual it. rooms is actually a champagne room. I love it. I also <laughs> love that that's a painting. I mean, yeah, it's cool. Los Los Rumas de Champagne is the That's name of the movie. Wow. That wow. That's not acceptable. I was going to say anything else the movie does middle. I couldn't remember what their name is. <laughs> is there the anything was. else the movie does middle? I can't think of anything. 
God, it's not a brothel. Uh, front, the fan then why is he screaming about so much pussy? Because I think that's just what he wants to scream about on this particular <laughs> evening. <laughs> I get the feeling he's screaming about that all the fucking time. He probably is. He's he's never, I mean, he might just be talking about, about the, the visual admiration aspect that you would get in a strip club. Actually, I was going to bring this up in nitpicks, but he might be unaffiliated with the titty twister because a bar like that... He might just be a guy. ...would absolutely not let George Clooney punch him in the face and then waltz right in without a bouncer accosting him. I'm pretty sure he is the bouncer. The carnival barker is the bouncer. <laughs> Do I oh thought they God. I thought they identified him as the bouncer like like ten minutes after that. Maybe they might have, but I was too busy looking at Salma Hayek at that point. Yeah, me too. Wolf. What's the movie do wrong? Hayek comes out the CG. Yeah, let's every talk time about they that. use CG, uh, is no good. Um, it looks a little janky. What what would what would it have? I agree with you. What would it have been like if it was good? I don't know how much of, of, I I I kind of need I, I don't know this is a bullshit statement you're gonna accost me for it but it's like I kind of need a little bit of to this and it's not just through the practical like there's some of that like we talked about earlier I think that was that hit the perfect note but a little bit of added the fuck is this sort of CG it's not necessarily a bad thing I think I it's think a bad thing on balance it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but a little bit of it, not not too bad. There's some bullshit, like when they kill Tarantino and he That's like the melts. Big one. Yeah. His his he like CG melts, and you see like the weird instance where it's like melt. Then there's the skull. Then there's like a little bit more melt effect, and then the skull drops. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, it doesn't and look good. I don't think it adds anything to the movie for me. Certainly, any of the bad CG. Uh, I'm gonna expand this slightly to include bad green screen. Yeah, is, where? I, yep. the uh, the worst example of this, or I suppose best example of this, depending on your frame of reference, is uh, when the bats are flying out from the doorway with, uh, I think it's Frost in his vampire form, like sure. flexing. Yeah. It's after he throws Savini through the through the door and all the bats come in. And yeah. He turns around, and he's in full vampire mode and like big and buff or whatever. And then like the green screen background is all the bats flying in, and there's a clear like thick yellow outline around him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then there's another bad siege or bad green screen scene when they're driving to the border, and in between that scene of them driving to the border and being in the border, just the background of the van is clearly just bad, bad green screen, and it it's very noticeable. You also did just talk about how the final shot of the movie, the zoom out reveal, is just a painting. I like that though. I that's, mean, that's not bad yeah, CG. That's that like one, an interesting visual effect. I it's mean, not it's, CG at all. It's, it's, it's definitely garbage. a choice. It's a it's a trick of the eye. It's not even a trick because it looks so bad, but it's, it's like it's a trick a of choice. the eye. Yeah, yeah. No, they could have made that look a lot more realistic if they wanted to, and still yeah. kept it a painting, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, that was that was a choice. Absolutely. Like Rodriguez has that shit hanging in his house. Yeah, like that. They just liked it. Yeah, I don't know. Is it's that true? Weird. Does he? Do you know that? Yes. Oh, yes. that's cool. That's like an IMDb thing. Okay. I don't know. They just wanted to go that route, and for whatever reason. They did. I, it looks weird, but I enjoy it. Okay. Uh, I was wavering on this being a nitpick, but I think it's ultimately what the movie does wrong. Once you stop to think, like once you get over how fun all the scenes in the Titty Twister are, and you stop to think about what actually happens in there, th- th- this can be a lure for these vampires for a total of three days. Oh, oh, but- oh I had a note about this, actually, and I wasn't really sure where to put it. I don't really get the initial impetus for the attack to happen because it seems to me that Blood. this is this is an atypical event that occurs a bar fight the no the, well the bar fight escalating into full-on vampire carnage 
I think the blood is what does it. Well, yeah, exactly. So when Tarantino's hand is stabbed by the knife, which apparently it, it looks like some type of special knife. It's not just like a pocket knife. It's like some type of freaking, it's like green and shit. No. Yeah. It's a knife. Don't remember it being green. It's no. all, it's like ceremonial and whatever when they zoom in on it. The the knife is covered in green goo because they made the vampire blood green in this movie to get past censorship. Okay, well, fine. So it's covered in the... Va- it's, it's still a ceremonially designed, like, special dagger. Okay. And they do, like, a, like a five-second back-and-forth thing of Selma Hayek being like, oh, shit, this is happening now. And then things go crazy. So I'm wondering, fan theory here, maybe this is like a once every one... It's once every little while. And like we were saying earlier, it's probably based out of the brothel in the back that they kind of pick one off, one by one off, right? It's not like a full-on carnage assault. Well, that okay, does correct okay. what it did wrong for me then. Then I can buy okay. that. Yeah. yeah. Ah. And the only... So the really, the only thing that went wrong here was the initial shootout and then the live person blood on the knife. That sure. was irresistible. So they, they, keep it, they keep picking them off one by one, and that's how they maintain. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Brothel. Sure. Yeah. Chet Pussy had it right the whole time. I'm saying he must have. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Thanks, Mark. You really uncovered that. <laughs> yeah, I nailed it. You know, I, I, I really nailed that fan theory. I'm pretty good at those. I, I have a question, and I the, I escalated this above a nitpick. And it's why Seth, being the character that he is, he's pretty on the ball, right? He's aware of the situation for the most part. Pretty, He's assessing his whereabouts why? and analyzing. Yeah, he knows his escape routes, yeah. et cetera. Why does he not talk to Jacob about how to handle the conversation with the border agents? That seems vastly out of he character. He gives him no instruction he whatsoever. Should, he would have been on it. Absolutely. That's poor writing. Especially because he gives the the woman in the hotel, like, number the best one. lines of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Here's the steps to yeah. stay alive. He would have, then he should have done that there. He doesn't even tell the guy no, he, that we're going to hide in the bathroom with your daughter. He doesn't tell him whether or not to say his daughter's there. Well, if they would have just had that plan, it would have been... Without, it, there would have not been in the tension, right. but it would have been in character. I, totally. I would have enjoyed it more without the tension. If, he just handles it. If this priest didn't have such a fucking dark past and wasn't such a good liar right off the bat, it wouldn't have worked. He didn't need to have the whole, like, questioning, like, looking through the wallet thing. That should have just been another awesome line after line after line. Yeah. Clooney. Yeah. I would have enjoyed that more. Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't like that. Bad writing. Inconsistent writing, at least. Mm-hmm. Hey, while we're talking about that scene, but also kind of the whole movie in general, Scott, <laughs> as a character, is the worst. Ernest? <laughs> Ernest Lou? <laughs> yeah, Aww. whose IMDb picture is by default George Clooney in this movie. Oh, yikes. <laughs> I mean, he, he tries, I guess. Don't hate. You can hate a little bit. He's Don't bad. Hate. Yeah, he's, hate, I guess. Yeah. His character's bad, and the actor is bad, and it's tough to watch. And he survives <laughs> for good. much of the movie. Yeah. He gets he gets killed in an awesome way. That's true. So Does he? Sort of. He gets chewed on for a really long time and then exploded when he's not even a vampire. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> he, he's, he must partially be a vampire. I mean, he's bit by a bunch by vampires at that point, so... Hey, yeah, why must he be partially a vampire? I think the explosion because he's been vampires. bit by a vampire by like seven or eight different yeah, vampires. Yeah, but he's not a vampire yet. Yeah, I think you're a vampire the second you get bit. But no, I don't think so. I think you're pre. You're like post. No, you're post human pre vampire. You're still human for you're a while. You're in the bar, though, dude. Takes over. 
No, he's post-human. We already established post-human. That's that's Bardo. He's, he's post-Malone. Bardo. Bardo. Yeah. It's like Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> Fuck you. Babaloo! <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> just going to jump right to it, because now we're just quoting old... Why movies. does... Speaking of Ernest, why does he get the introducing treatment in the opening credits? It's like introducing Ernest Liu like he's going to be a thing, and the car hits it, and it like explodes out of frame. <laughs> Why? <laughs> they knew by the time they were doing that shit. I mean, Rodriguez cuts his own movies. He knew that this kid was nothing. Yeah. Why did he do that? I don't know. Introducing. <laughs> was it just to fuck on the kid even more? Probably. Oh, neat pick then, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. So I do like the cold open. I like that whole scene. But Quentin Tarantino and the clerk are eight feet away from each other and both empty more than is in a clip of a standard handgun and completely miss everything. And it's really jarring. Handguns are very inaccurate and it's a high stress situation. They both miss so much. And somehow, I guess the real nitpick here is how there are any unshot liquor bottles behind Pete at the end of that scene. (laughs) That too. That remain to be shot. Yeah. Hey, while we're talking about that scene, maybe I should throw in here that Clooney's gun very clearly has the orange toy nib on it. Yes. You can see yes, it, it multiple times. It's pretty great. I don't know why they <laughs> didn't. Well, it's good. It seems like it'd be pretty simple to take that shit off of there. Yeah, just paint it. It takes half of a second. <laughs> it takes one rattle can's worth of spray paint. My or just God. like a file. While I like the shot in the car of Quentin Tarantino looking through the hole in his hand, just because you wrapped duct tape around it doesn't mean it would stop bleeding. It certainly hasn't clotted at that point. You haven't done anything to cauterize it. It has a ginormous hole. And you, you have a hole in your head that's just stopped bleeding because it's been eight minutes. He's got superior clotting factor. You didn't see that part. <laughs> then he, he just, should be having strokes Jack, all over the fucking Jack, place. Jack, it's badass though, man. He just duct tapes it and then he fucking takes some ibuprofen hugs some whiskey, spits on it to sterilize it. I like it. all that, but if you're clotting that fast, there's no need to fucking throw duct tape on it. You just clotted magically in four minutes. It's you're for good. Bad he, no, he's, he's doing that to keep the germs out, not yeah, to keep the blood in. That's what scabs are for. That's going to take longer. Uh, he take, you know, if you're saying this is to keep the germs out, he takes it off way too much for that to be in any way effective then. That's why he keeps spitting booze on it. Germs hate booze. That's well, why I never well, get that's, sick. That's kind of true. I'm always sick. <laughs> Maybe you should drink more booze. I don't think that would be advisable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should drink less booze? That can't be right. We that talked about how right. Chet Pussy would not, like this this bar, this like roughneck biker trucker <laughs> bar that okay. fights break out in all the time and Danny Trejo's the bartender of. Would not we talked about how they just wouldn't let George Clooney assault the the announcer and walk on through, walk on in. So you're just saying that again now yeah, that we're in the Saying station. it again. I saying see. it again. Because I, I have a follow up point to that. Okay, tell me. Other inconsistencies with this bar. Danny Trejo, who at first is fronting like a badass, like you're not a fucking trucker, wouldn't give a shit about the technicality of I need a class two license to operate my RV. I like how automatically he's like perked up. He's like, oh, cool, like, oh, man, okay. RV. I'm yeah. super on board this, for legal this, technicalities yeah. that are incorrect in every state I looked up. It's This is Mexico, too. And it's this fucking nerd who's like just spun me this yeah. web of lies. Yeah. Like, I always assumed that this was some type of screening process so that they're 
only going after the truckers and bikers and whatever that are haunting the highways. And as a result, they're not drawing any like moral karma against themselves, right? By, by killing these people off one by one. So Jesus, dude. So by selecting these people, they're like, whatever they're, they're screening that out of society. Wow, Mark. The truckers that show up at the Twitty, the Titty Twister. <laughs> the Twitty Twister. Twitty Twister. <laughs> <Twitty tister. laughs> the, the people who wrote this movie think they're okay. They're, that's, that's, more, that's more morally acceptable than just like your random suburban mom and pop people who roll by. So when he, go, when he goes through like all of this effort to be like, look, man, I'm one of you. Trejo's reaction is just like, okay, fuck off. I tried. Whatever. You can stay. But if that's the no, point, he's too then Trejo expressly happy. failed at his duty because he let in a suburban dad priest. I mean, yes, because but it's, it's more of an annoyance. Of- I, I've always thought it was more of an annoyance than like an actual like rule that they have. It's just like, fine, dude, whatever. I tried to save you, and you really didn't want to be saved, so whatevs. Maybe. Just, that's uh, how I always like read that. Strange- and actually, Trejo's, Trejo's response... Like the way he holds his face and reacts to that, and is kind of, I think it, I think it jives well with that fan theory. Maybe I'll have to go rewatch it because I read it differently. I read it as like a genuine, like, oh, okay, you've bested me in this battle of wits, sir. He he just kind of gets happy. He's like, cool. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. Maybe maybe it is like a supernatural rule that's imposed, and it is like literally just it's sort of like being invited into somebody's house. Like as long as there's a some semblance of being invited in, then it's okay. Hmm. Did I already talk about how Sex Machine's gun wasn't facing the knife wielder? That sounds yes, familiar. You yeah, yeah, yes, you did. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Somebody and else also, talked Ben. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is kind of a weird nitpick for me, but the movie reminds me of the song Down in Mexico by the Coasters, which is from the Grindhouse movies, but every time I watch this, I end up with that song stuck in my head, despite the fact that the soundtrack is so epic. Okay. It's I mean, yeah. it's weird. I watched it because it's basically like that song down in Mexico almost perfectly describes this movie kind yeah. of. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I feel like I feel like I they thought it was a missed opportunity and decided later to use it in Death Proof. Probably. Or it was just like an audible callback to this movie. Also possible. Yeah. I have another question. Go do it. Which goes out. This is the A to Z horror self defense slash martial arts corner. So you guys are both definitely qualified to respond to this. Uh, Does the backhand punch thing that Clooney uses on Tarantino in the shower does that work ever? I had a nitpick about how long Tarantino has passed out. Yeah, especially because he hits him like bridge of the nose. You. I'm just thinking you can't get that much force from that. It's Yeah, uh, you, but that's like the go-to like surprise attack maneuver. Like I feel like that's in like Jim Carrey movies and shit. I we're not qualified. You got to ask Boss Rotten about that. <laughs> I will I'll dang send it a a dang it a dang to Boss Rotten. Okay. Stab him in the liver. In the liver. Dang it the dang it the dang and I can stab his own knife here in the liver. Stab in the liver. He should have stabbed him in the liver. Fuck. <laughs> Just a quick liver stab. There's a nitpick for him. Knocked him right out. Should have stabbed him in the liver. Fuck, man. Unbelievable. He was passed out for too long. He was passed out for too long. He was passed out for a long time. Uh, I have a nitpick. When they are in the, the basement, the, I don't know, what do you want to call it? The, the, the crypt storage cellar that it's they have. The, the opening, the mouth, the vestibule of the crypts, so to speak. 
There is an awesome. This is actually a neat pick. It's both a neat pick and a nit pick. What do we want to call those? A yeah pick. So, I don't know. So I don't, Check I this don't out. Like when they're, when here, they're heading. But I do like the sound you just made. So I'm in a, quite a bind here. Yeah. When they're heading back out, there is a shot of Clooney with his big ass thing, right? He's ready to go. It's their final stand. He's he, also holding a weapon. Hi, oh. I'm saying, hey, I see. Okay. Yep. <laughs> took, do you get it? <laughs> took me a second. He kicks the door, and then it cuts to a different angle where he opens the door and pulls it backwards, obviously realizing that his kick of the door would not have worked because the door opens the other way. <laughs> they left that in there. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's by choice because it's fucking Must funny. have been. Yeah. It was awesome. He ki- But they cut so quickly. That I keep saying they. This is, this is just Rodriguez. I think Tarantino had a decent uh, level of say in the final cut. I don't cut. know, man. There wouldn't have been this much fucking feet in Rodriguez's cut of this movie. There are so many foot shots. <laughs> so many foot shots. Of what two sequences? What's reported to be an underage that was, girl. That was built into the screenplay, Jack. Okay? Yeah. Uh, no, at least the three. There's one of the first hostages. He comes up, he's staring at her feet. Then there's. Uh, he looks down. Actually, then Terry oh, makes her take the feet off, so you're. Or the feet off. The shoes off. The shoes so off. Then he looks at her feet. That's less of a foot shot for the camera, more just Tarantino. And then Selma Hayek's foot shot that is so funny <laughs> continue God. with your pick that you haven't gotten through yet or were you oh no I, I, that? I did I mean it's awesome that he ki- tries kicking the door and then they they it's subtle because they cut and then he opens it it's almost like it's just an inconsistency but it's literally two things that happen in a matter of three seconds but it's not played as if it's for humor. Okay. Yeah, okay. you got to watch it to see it. You said that very strangely, but I understand what it's you're saying. It's not played as if it's for humor. They cut, but it's like they forgot the part where he kicks the door. Like, they were like, kick the door, it'll be awesome. And then they realized that it cut, it opens the other way. <laughs> they sure. So they cut it. and had him open it, but then they left the first part in. And I think it's intentional, therefore neat pick. All right. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I did not know where to couch this one. I think I landed on it being a neat pick. But I just appreciate the amount of, like, looseness they have with interpreting shit that kills vampires. So there's not, like, they still they still lean into the wooden stake through the heart and crosses and whatever. But also, like, whatever the fuck you want to do basically kills a vampire. Apparently, vampires are weak to chandeliers for some reason. Whatever. She got impaled. That's just because it's a stake. Yeah. It's not a stake. It's just it's it a is. metal rim. That crushes no, her to death. I mean, no, it's the middle part. They never part. said it had to be a wooden it's stake. The it's just part. the stake. It's the middle part. It's the middle part. Something through the heart. Through or the like, liver, Mark. Or like the whole thing of pulling out the one vampire's heart and then stabbing a pencil into it excorporeally. That's a really good gag. That works well. I like that. I like that <laughs> they don't worry too much about the rules and they lean heavily into just like whatever cartoon violence. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um... But along those same lines, I don't like the preacher's like shotgun that he's made a cross out of with a baseball bat through the modified cocking mechanism they did just so they could get a baseball bat through. You don't that. like it from a gun Love perspective it. or from like in a general perspective. Either. I think it's I like awesome. It I like how he's like using the baseball bat. But it's also cool. that's then that that shotgun is way too fucking that would just almost cock with weight. If the amount of force you need is just like 
you holding the fat end of a baseball bat and pulling down, that would you it's so hard to keep that straight and Harvey put, Keitel's forearm muscles are a force to be reckoned with, Jack. I will not have it. They yeah. must be. Maybe this is a neat dogs, pick. man. Maybe I'm just neat picking Harvey Keitel's forearm muscles. Come That's on. why they had to cast Harvey Keitel in that role. He's the only actor with sufficient no forearms. One else, no one else is considered. Look, that that checks out. I mean, maybe they could. Yeah, no, that checks out. He's a badass motherfucking servant of God. He sure is. Yeah. I got no other nitpicks. Me neither. Let's go to ratings. We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about NoHo Hank would rate an accordion's effect on the moment. Just because we're not working together anymore. Are you fucking serious? Are you fucking kidding me right now? You just fucked this moment. This beautiful tender moment with your accordion. You just whipped out your accordion and you fucked it, man. God. And for 10, think of how Homer would rate the scare factor of the boogeyman. But I dreamed the boogeyman was after me and he's ah! like- Boogeyman! You nailed the window shut. I'll get the gun. Ah! Art, I don't want to alarm you, but there may be a boogeyman or boogeyman in the house. Story is the first category to rate these movies. Jake, your pick, your story rating. Eight. Giving it an eight. Uh, it feels a little high, probably considering how quickly I got through the plot synopsis. Inherently a very simple story. However, there is, when you think about what this movie is from a two halves perspective and everything that kind of comes together and congeals to create this pulpy, grindhousey awesomeness, the sheer fact that they made this is interesting enough for me to give it a bit of a bump, even in the story category. And I really like the character arc that they write in for for Clooney's character. So I think that's the best place to put that as well. Yeah, you're you're pointing a lot at me and tapping on the table a lot and it feels aggressive towards me. Well, I can't like slam the shot glass down anymore because we finished the bottle. Fair play. Yeah, fair play. Mark, what's your story rating? I went a little bit lower, but still above average. I gave it a six. Uh, There's not a lot here. And I think like... It's just a unique beast. That's kind of what I like about it. I like the places that it goes. The initial part is interesting and captivating, and then they're just like, you know what? You stuck with us through our short film. Let's have fun for the rest of the movie, and shit goes crazy. You (laughs) stuck with us through the Quentin Tarantino stuff. Now you get the fun part. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You earned it. Look, I gave it a 6-2 for largely the same reasons. Not a lot to add there. That's going to lead us into uh, (laughs) World Building and Immersion. Jake, what's your World Building and Immersion score? Fuck it, 10. What? I this th- why if movie, you yeah. ask me why I like this and I have to pick a reason, it's mostly because I will watch this and love it and it makes my day. Therefore, it has to be in the immersion category. When we reviewed this for the first time, I gave it a nine. But like realistically, now that we're like hundreds of movies into this whole adventure, th- like this is as mer- immersed as I can get in a horror movie. It's like everything that it has going for it. The first half being so wildly different than the second half, but like being able to like fully take that transition for whatever weird reason. I don't remember being caught off guard. I I was caught off guard in a good way, but it did not ruin the experience. It enhanced it. It brought it to some plane that I did not expect and I loved, and each time I watch it, it gets better. This is one that I cannot be bothered with anything else if it's on. I like all that. If you you throw it on, I'm done. You've given a 10 to one other movie for immersion. Do you know what it was? I do not. Green Room. 
I'll get uh, yeah, very different immersion style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wildly different immersion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stand behind that. That's good. That's why I think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what's your world building immersion score? I also went rather higher. It's an eight. It's, this is the reason why this movie is enjoyable. You're watching it for the quotes. You're watching it for the goofy, like physical humor stuff, uh, and that kind of draws you in. The only reason that it's hold that it's held back a little bit is because like the polarizing nature of it, um, and the sort of I mean, weird Tarantino shit that happens. That's not going to be for everybody, right? So I am I am handicapping that a little bit, uh, even though I think that both of those things, just from my personal perspective, did improve the movie. Sure. Look, I gave it a six, and part of the reason I went so low is, is partly because of the problematic nature of some of it. Kind of pulls me out, especially viewing it in 2019. Um, but then also... The, the tonal shift, I think, while it is cool, does hurt your viewing experience from a immersion perspective. And then they don't really do a lot of world building here. Like, the, the it's just two different movies. It's um, a small world they live in. Yeah, so it's a six for me. It's not bad, but it's, uh, it's, it's not fantastic. Let's gonna take us into Scare Factor. Jake! So... I'm going to bump it up a little bit from the first time that I saw this. This is an interesting beast in that we've already reviewed this once, although it was years ago. We'll get more. Well, we'll, 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 we'll talk well, more about that in just a second. We don't have to. I gave it a two the first time. Giving it a three this time. Uh, the more that I've seen this movie, I, I appreciate more of the splatter that's happening in the second half. In the first half, I appreciate more of the really how uncomfortable it makes me feel. And a lot of Tarantino to that, but it does make me feel uncomfortable. I think that I went a little low the first time. Three. Mark, um, I gave it a zero. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Fuck you! I probably blew up Jack's joke there. Uh, I gave really, it one and a half. I mean, you really did. Like, You're kind of a dickhead, actually. This is uh this is uh not a scary movie. <laughs> yeah, look, There's I comic violence, and that's all you get. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a one. There, the the one scene that probably should be mentioned here is the one that Jake talked about earlier, where they're cutting between Clooney and the murder victim of the first the uh, first hostage or whatever and he's trying to like piece it together in his head that actually is like really well constructed kind of horror fodder it is it's kind of distressing but it's not even distressing from like a scare factor perspective because you're never worried for the the protagonist of the movie which i think is is why this movie is such a low scare factor um there's never any real danger here that you as the viewer experience from the perspectives of the protagonists you're following that's all through external characters and even then it's comedic so it's a one for me um i even the the splatter is all very very comedic so well, well, I, I mean, yeah. So, I listener, for those of you who don't get the joke that we've been making, this is the movie that Jack broke the scale on when we first reviewed this. This is like the fifth movie we ever reviewed, by the way. Yeah. So, he went with a zero for Scare Factor on our scale of one to ten. Yeah, sure did. Yeah. Like a dickhead. Yeah. So, thank you for actually playing by the rules this time. <laughs> uh, I have a question, though. Now, since we have done a redux on our on our scores for this, are you now... Is the zero now out of play, or are, are you actually using a one to ten scale, or should I continue to scale all of your things to a zero to ten scale? I'm using a one through ten scale. Okay, good to know. <laughs> so now you're officially conceding that you have no average score. No, nope. able to give. Not doing. I'm not willing to make that concession at this point. I'll let uh, whatever tribunal adjudicates my behavior come to its own conclusions on that. But I'm certainly not conceding the point here. Uh, that's going to lead us into effects or judicious lack thereof. Jake? Uh, visually, this is a a lot of, of effort and care was put into the vast amounts of practical that they went with during the second half of the movie. There is some stuff that looks really not great. We're going to admit that. But then it's that part is kind of like 
it's basically washed away by the audio side for me because the soundtrack to this movie is phenomenal. The soundtrack is a 10. Uh, can't weigh it quite the same. Ultimately, I'm going to give this a 9. Feels a little high, but I, I think there's even effects tilt for me. It just hits me the right way. Sure. Uh, Mark? You know, we spend a lot of time on older movies talking about how much sound takes us out. It probably would be good every once in a while to pause and just reflect on the fact that this movie has good sound mixing in the sense that it's not noticeable. Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, we we that, are talking really about nice how they're To be clear, this isn't some... really an old movie, like a late oh, mid-90s, as we said. But isn't... even then, usually you like clearly see that this is recorded in like post. Sometimes, yeah. There's there are some lines that are eighty yard in uh, that you can kind of tell the way it was edited around, but like overall, there isn't a point in this movie where you're like, eh, I don't buy that that was recorded on the set. Yeah, and there's no point where I'm reaching for the remote to turn up dialogue and turn down effects or like bl- explosions and shit. Yeah, I gave it a seven. I don't have much to add. The only reason I'm just vamping here because I wanted to add a little bit of something, and that was kind. Jake was sort of dancing near that one, but yeah, I mean, he he basically nailed it. I gave it a seven. Yeah, I give it a seven as well. Um, I think this is a lot higher than my score the first time around, which I don't think I gave. I think I was really penalizing it for the stuff that looks really bad and not giving it proper credit for the stuff that really does look good in this, as well as the cinematography of, you know, kind of the two different aspects of the the movie and how they feel very, very different. And the you sound, gave it a so. four the first time around. Yeah, so I'm bumping it up substantially. I don't think I gave it that proper shrift. Jake, overall. Nine and a half. Yeah. As I mean, close to perfect to as high. I've ever seen. Yeah. Up from an 8.666. Repeating, of course. Which might be the same score if you went with the mathematical system you were using at the time. Uh, I don't think I did. I was looking at that actually like three seconds ago, and I don't think that could have been mathematical. Okay. Yeah, because I gave it two to Scare Factor. I feel like that would have pulled it down too much. (laughs) Seems likely. Yeah. Uh, 28 divided by four would be a seven. That's what he would have gone with. Um, I gave it a six and a half. Okay. This is an entertaining movie. It's fun, but it's also going to be kind of inherently polarizing. It's a bit schlocky and has the two-half type build to it, where if you're sort of introducing someone to this and they're going in blind, I could very easily see how this would turn somebody off. I mean, I think on balance it is an enjoyable movie, and I would recommend it to people, but just keep that in mind that if that's the path you're pursuing, then it's a risk. Fair enough. Uh, Jake, for the record here, you did use your math system, but you excluded uh, the scare factor score uh, okay. as an anomaly. You said, I'm going to stick with my math ratings on this, excluding the care- scare factor score. Got uh, it. Because it just should oh, not you're reading the old one. school reviews. Yeah. Oh, Damn. yeah. I was reading it. I just wow. read it. Yeah. Um, look, I gave this a seven, and that's a substantial tilt up. This movie's a ton of fun to watch. You're going to have a blast watching it. It's not without its problems and flaws, but man, is it a fun time. So it's a it's a big old tilt up. And uh, look, I, I think this next segment's going to go pretty quick. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Especially the first half. <laughs> Jake's, Jake's giving me a look like he doesn't know what he's going to get. No. It's hilarious. Too, it's a hilarious visual too, gag. Too many issues. Too many issues. <laughs> big thumbs up, man. Watch this movie. If Yay. you If you don't get what this movie is putting down, then you probably aren't a fan of the horror genre. If you when? don't get, if you don't get a cock gun popping up and scaring somebody off, then you probably aren't a fan of the horror genre. I don't know if I go that far. I'm going that far. Uh, First off, I love that the dick and balls gun has two two revolvers so that the balls are revolvers. Because otherwise (laughs) you just need one revolver. 
section. Uh, the second thing was a question for Jake. Jake, when did you know that this was your favorite horror movie? Was it on your first viewing or like your sixth? My first. This was just like, this, this hit me my, perfectly. Was, it hit okay. me perfectly. Like when the transition, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know that I was. Maybe that's part of it too. Like I. I kind of knew this was a horror movie, but I thought it was going to be, like, so cold-blooded. Like, I thought it was going to go to some dark places. Go to some fun places. I had no idea yeah. what I was yeah, getting that's into. Awesome. Yeah. And it hit me in such the right way. Like, the, the second that I see the titty twister thing, I get an indication. And then when the blood happens and you get the transformation out of Salma Hayek, like, that was the release that... I was kind of hoping for at so that point. So desperately waiting for your whole so life. So desperately waiting for. <laughs> I was keggling like a motherfucker for a second there. <laughs> and hey. with that, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> this has been episode 141 of the A to Z Whorecast. To check out everything we have going on, head over to a to zhore.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. Those are Facebook and Twitter, and those links are right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you want to support the podcast, we have that Patreon. Go ahead, head over there, join in on the fun. You get some nice extra content, but if you can't swing it or if that's just not your thing, that's fine too. We're going to keep doing this, and we just support you guys listening to the podcast and really thank you for all that you do to help us make this happen. As always, that music's been coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. Next week, I'm going to give the quick caveat. I'm not going to be here for that, so you're just going to be stuck with these two bozos, but you're going to see scary movie happening <laughs> on the podcast here, I guess. You can see scary movie by watching it, which is what they're going to do. Uh, check it out next week. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Oh, wait, no, I fucked this up. It was Greg Jennings. Oh, no, I ruined the whole joke. It's Greg Jennings puts the team on his back. Ah.